2: Run Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. Two down, top of the ninth inning. The pitch to Bryant. Chris hits a high fly ball, shallow right, foul territory. Votto is there, makes the catch as he tumbles backward, and the Reds win the ball game by a score of three to two. Bryant
1: fouls out to Votto, and the Cubs now have lost eight consecutive games. Bring him home! That ball's drilled to left field. Twisting. Will it twist enough? It is gone. It's a grand slam for Chris Bryant.
2: He's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. It's time for Hit and Run with your host, Matt Spiegel.
3: Wait, let, let me get this straight, Try to figure out what we're all listening to. Good morning, everybody. It is Matt Spiegel here on Hit and Run. Sean Anderson, our producer of the Scores Venerable Baseball Show, not vulnerable, but venerable instead on a Sunday morning. And we got to talk quickly because we only have two hours to be with you before Cody Decker takes you down the line. And then the Cubs uh, pregame will be here with Zach Zabeman as they take on the Cincinnati Reds in their finale. Was that a... um, a trade deadline wishful open with Chris Bryant as a member of the White Sox? Is that what I heard there, Sean?
4: Yeah, that's what I was going for. Um, I was, I was, okay. I've been trying to manifest Bryant to the White Sox, so I think now <laughs> if I just put it into the show, it's just going to help yeah. it more and more.
3: Really? Okay. Uh, it's, it's, that's an interesting thing.
4: And the only um, uh, wh- home run I could find with Benetti calling of Bryant was with no crowd, so it really didn't work putting it into the Eloy <laughs> one where the crowd goes wild.
3: <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Cubs! was uh, what you needed to be in there. Uh, Good morning, everybody. Well, we know what Sean's hoping for by the end of the month. What are you hoping for by the end of the month? Because we are in July. We are in the final month of the baseball season before the trade deadline, and big-picture stuff looms over both of these teams, both of our locals. Um, 312-644-6767 is the phone number as we are broadcasting you live from the score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. That number I gave you is how you can text the show. The Tech Zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at RosenHyundai.com. And that's also the number with which you can call the show. So let's talk. A lot of stuff I want to get to. Um, A lot of things regarding the White Sox and the recent draft history in some focus. We did some research looking around the league And I want to talk with you White Sox fans about Jake Berger, about Gavin Sheets, and whether those guys uh, can be part of, uh, of withstanding the injury losses until Eloy and Luis Robert come back, theoretically, and whether it means you don't necessarily need to go trade for a veteran bat, which I think we've all been expecting and I thought would have happened by now frankly. Um, So we will discuss that along the way. Dallas Keuchel has thoughts on absolutely everything. You'll hear Rick Hahn with a memorable comp for the kids coming up as well. And there's going to be a couple extra things, a moment of pure baseball silliness later on to lighten the mood that needs to happen. But we have to start with misery. We have to start with ugly, hard and brutal truths about where the chicago cubs stand right now they've lost eight games in a row since the combined no-hitter they are in third place in the national league central they're only a game ahead of the cardinals for fourth place the cubs have scored two runs or less in six of these eight and let let's let's admit a few things the offensive core has never developed into what we all thought they could. Their weaknesses as swing and miss hitters have been found and exploited again and again. We have watched them try to adjust. We've, we've watched pitch, uh, hitting coach after hitting coach after hitting coach come and go. We've seen some of them make adjustments with some results that have been better, most notably Chris Bryant in this offseason. But the only thing that truly works for the offense that we have found, is when they add the right contact hitters into the lineup. So all of a sudden, the lineup is diversified, the approach is diversified, and sometimes that mentality seems to become contagious, as it did in May. So it works when all of a sudden Nick Castellanos is here. It works when all of a sudden Daniel Murphy is here for a little while. It works when Nico Horner and Matt Duffy are here. It works best when Ben Zobrist is here. Every year we've talked about these kinds of things, and it's, it has manifested this year really stark in the obvious nature of it. So the offense, other than this month of May, has shown itself to be what it is, and it's unfortunate. It really is unfortunate that without those models of contact guys in the lineup around them, they, they just can't seem to make the adjustments they need to. Jed Hoyer spoke on Friday in Cincinnati and was disappointed about the lack of base runners. That's what you need. We had it for you last week. So far and away, the lowest number of base runners for any team in baseball in the month of June. Just absolutely brutal. And it it it, it obfuscates the other issues. It, it distracts from the fact that that was a good start by Albert Alzalai and that they have found themselves, uh, you know, a, a piece for the pitching future. Um, you know, it it just it it, it becomes irrelevant frankly to talk about some of that other stuff they won it so early in 2016 so beautifully with a rebuild so efficiently executed creating a winner in the very first target year of a potential winning window that has created for the viewers for the fans for the media alike a long slow descent from the mountaintop during which we've constantly wondered whether we were watching the end think about how many times over the past few years that cub fans have considered a moment or a game or a series loss as possibly being the end how many times have you thrown up your hands and said that's it they don't have it but you can't just do that all the time in baseball you can't you got to keep going keep trying even in today's game story there are quotes from Bryant and others like you can't let this game get the best of you, you can't let it and, and he's right he's right but organizationally they have always known that decisions were going to have to be made for the core players the position players around which the team was built these decisions have been looming for years extend with contracts trade them for value Or simply let them walk away for compensatory draft picks after one more attempt to win. The fact that we've arrived here to this moment with no resolution on that stuff is kind of astounding. I mean, other than Schwarber, and they made that decision in the offseason. But seriously, this is the exact moment that was always looming as we had these conversations for like three years. This month the last trade deadline in the final season of contractual control, and we still don't know which players will be prioritized to be kept. Do they know? Does Jed know? What does he want to do? Who do you want to keep? My God, how many conversations like that have we had? And that's still where we are. And you can weigh in on that decision again, if you want, this morning. Because maybe your thoughts have changed. Who, do you let Bryant go? Do you let Rizzo go, Rizzo go with his bulky back showing up again? Do you let Baez go? D- d- does, uh, are you convinced that this group, this core, cannot do it again? And do you simply trade as many of them as possible? Let's talk about it at 312 644 67. do you believe you can still build around these guys if you do things right with a lot of money coming off the books this year reinvest they're not going to strip it all the way down to the studs and go like full rebuild that's not going to happen we know that from lots of context clues and from common sense where the business aspect is involved and it is involved But here's the other hard and brutal truth I got to share with you. The Milwaukee Brewers know that they're better than the Cubs. They know it. They've believed it's possible since 2018. And then in September of 2018, they knew it for sure. They came all the way back. They won eight straight, nine out of 10. They beat the Cubs in game 163 at Wrigley. I remember that Monday afternoon well. The place was packed, the electricity was contagious, it was outrageous. And the Cubs bats did not show up. Three hits in a 3-1 loss. The Brewers were the champs. The Brewers know they are better from the manager on down. That's how you hang around and then put up a 10 spot in game one of that series. That's how you go down 7 nothing and don't blink an eye and come back and spank them. 15-7. They know they're better. And the rest of the league does it, too. Third place. Man, just a game ahead of fourth. It is grim. Is this run definitive? Does it clearly and strongly, decisively push Jed Hoyer into the cell spot? I think so. I think it probably does. He wouldn't admit to it. On Friday, he said, "The truth is, we have until July 30th, and they do, but man, they don't come more uh, baseball optimistic than me usually, and they don't come more Cubs optimistic than me often. <laughs> I'm sure you know some, but really, just I, I believe in in the quality of players and the quality of people." To get better, to work, and to get better. And I believe in the capacity for change and human development. I love that. And I see it. We have seen it. But, man, this is one of those, those unbelievable runs where you're like, how the hell did this happen? Where you look at the standings, and the Brewers were a negative run differential 11 games ago, and now they're a plus 56. It's just... It is outrageous, and it, it feels very, very decisive. Let's talk to you at 312-644-6767. That's the phone number. What do you do? Is this decisive enough? Are you done? Do you feel like it is irrefutable and that it is time? Let's go to the phone lines right now on Hit and Run this morning. Let's talk to Jordan in Libertyville. Jordan, you're first up. Good morning. Welcome to The Score.
1: Hey, uh, I have two questions that are kind of unrelated to what you're talking about, but I'll give it a try. Uh, okay. The first thing I want to bring up is that 1985 Mets-Braves game. That was like my favorite July 4th memory. I don't remember. Rick Camp hit the home run in the 17th inning. <laughs> uh, it's was the craziest yes. game I've ever seen in my life. 3.55 yes. in the morning, they set off fireworks. My second question. Look, look, hold
3: on, Jordan. Or, let's take stock. I I couldn't help but start with 10 minutes of like, Sad and brutal truths about the Cubs, and God bless you. You are calling on the 4th of July to reminisce about your favorite baseball 4th of July memory. See, that's, that's, that's delightful. Um, I'll take the Dave Righetti no-hitter in 1983, and even though I wasn't alive, Lou Gehrig's um, I consider myself the luckiest man on the place of the earth speech in 1939. But go ahead.
1: Okay, so my second question is a Colorado Rockies question. So there's <laughs> okay. 31 and like 16... 16- At uh, home, somehow they're six and twenty-nine on the road. How does that happen? Like, uh, I always wanted your thoughts on what what you think is happening there.
3: Wow! Um, So the Colorado Rockies
2: and Rick Camp in studio.
3: Yes, that's right. Thirty and seventeen at home, and six and thirty-one on the road. That that is amazing. I didn't realize that their splits were were like that. They're even worse on the road than the Diamondbacks, who just lost, what, 23 straight on the road? Diamondbacks are 10-36. and 36. Um, Well, the Rockies, uh, their pitchers have uh, the balls in humidors. They still do the humidors in Colorado. I think they do. Man, I, that's, that, is, that is a stark, stark split. We have seen home road splits for Colorado and for players many, many times. It's interesting because Nolan Arenado is, is uh, among several now to have left and be like, no, see, those were kind of a mirage. I, if you're good, you're good, like DJ LeMayhew and like Nolan Arenado. If you're good, you're good, because it gets in your head when you're on that team. So, look, there are specific factors like the way that the ball carries, like the size of the outfield and how many, how many bloops fall for hits in Colorado, but there also is an undeniable head case factor where people on that team think they're better at home and think they suck on the road and it just reinforces that in a big big way hitters for the Rockies press when they're on the road because they're like oh no home is where we need to be home is where we're good we're bad on the road so they press and that builds upon itself so thanks for the call Jordan I love that our first caller took us To two completely different places. And when I say I love that. I don't necessarily mean I actually love that. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. It's Spiegel on Hit and Run with you. Wondering where you are, Cub fans, in terms of what to do this month. Is this definitive enough for you? I I, I think it probably is. And I'm, I'm surprised and sort of bummed to be there but so it goes we will talk about the first place white Sox as well including the influx of youth that continues to carry them we'll do that next and continue to take your phone calls here on hit and run on 670 the score
1: call
0: from mom answer it call silenced
1: instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy
5: and he is at the deep left
2: he goes back it is gone holy cow oh my goodness i don't believe it i don't believe it rick camp rick camp i don't believe it remember what i just said if he gets a home run that certifies this game as the wackiest wildest most improbable game in history.
3: <laughs> on an 0-2 pitch, Rick Camp Hit it over the left center field wall. Oh, I don't believe it. If you only knew
1: on
2: the Braves, we kid Rick Candle that is hitting more than anything. Ernie.
1: Nobody can believe it.
3: Ow. Man, that is a young John Sterling calling that game. And just before Rick Camp hit that home run in the 18th inning and the Braves trailing 11 to 10, John Sterling has said, if he hits a homer to tie this game, this will be certified as absolutely the nuttiest in the history of baseball. And it it, it was crazy. I've I've since rewatched that sequence a couple of times. And you see Gary Carter, um, Gary Carter, like waving the Mets outfielders in before the at bat. Like this guy can't hit because he couldn't. He would finish his career thirteen for one seventy five, and he fell behind zero two, and then homers there in the eighteenth inning. You don't, uh, not going to get to the eighteenth inning very much. These uh, in our lives these days. We had one that went twelve. Was it last night it went 12? I think the A's and the Red Sox went 12 innings last night. It just, it's not going to happen very much. And I don't, I don't miss that, frankly. Because, you know, we think about um, games like that with some romance. And, like, it just went on all night long. And I, it, it is fun and kind of adorable to think about it in retrospect. But when you're actually living it, it's like, oh, my God, really? Although sometimes if you're in the right mood... Sometimes if you're in the right mood, just give me more baseball. Endless, endless baseball can be a a delight. It is true. Happy 4th of July, everybody. Hope you are well. It's Matt Spiegel with you here on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Um, Little July 4th right there and can certainly mix that in. Hope you're going to have a wonderful day. Uh, I know I will and very much looking forward to it. Wondering... um, what, what is going to happen this month? What is going to happen this month for these Cubs and for Jed Hoyer? As so much of the past few years have led up to this very moment, this very month, this last trade deadline in the final year of contractual control for these guys. And who is going to be kept? Who is going to be traded? And is it off the board to just simply keep everybody and go for one last playoff run here because now you find yourself a third place team eight and a half back and just a game ahead of the Cardinals for fourth. And it sure does not feel likely that you'll be getting yourself back in. Don't have to decide quite yet, but maybe they already have. And it seems like a lot of you have, let's go to the phone lines. 312-644-6767. Ori is on the road to Cincinnati for the finale and is now on hit-and-run here on The Score. Good morning, Ori.
0: Hey, good morning, Matt. Thank you. I appreciate the show. Well, listen, oh. I, I'm I as into this as anybody, but I think this was decided in the off season. You don't trade Darvish and Caratini if you intend to compete. And I think Javi and Tony and KB have been sent out there with a dull knife to a gunfight. Mm-hmm. We don't have a backup catcher. Ortega is like the second man off the bench the other night, which, God bless him, He's he's just not... Uh, the kind of uh, makeup that you want for that. David Ross has a limited roster in so many ways. Yes, the the championship run is not gone completely, but if you look at the way the roster was set up, we, those pieces you talked about from the past are not here anymore, and no one was brought in uh, to take their place. If you're intending to go to the playoffs, you have guys who can come in and steal a base. Who can come in and hit a home run for you off the bench and uh, we're just we're just not set up to do anything and i, I know what management says but uh, to me this was a foregone conclusion as sad as it is to say
3: hmm. or a good call thank you i know the thank players you. agree with you we know this the players believe that management didn't believe in them anymore And made that move in the offseason, let Kyle Schwarber go. And it felt like, well, you know, they don't they're, they're not buying it. And then it becomes the manager's job to rally them and help them find the motivation, perhaps in spite of the management. And it's why you get the endless comps to the movie Major League. And you get all these thoughts about how the players will do it in spite of the lack of belief. And that was manifesting. That was manifesting. But now here we are, and talent has come to the surface. Yeah, no disrespect to Rafael Ortega or Jose Lobetone. Um But when those guys are the ones coming up in the late innings in Milwaukee, when you have one final shot to do something, that 2-1 game, that middle of the series game, and in that eighth inning, it was just like this is who we're sending up. This is what we're doing. And it was. Because that's all there is. And cre- credit to David Ross for doing a pretty remarkable job there. For a while getting these guys in, in good position. And allowing them to find the motivation wherever they needed to. But I don't, I don't, I don't know that you're wrong, Ori. We know that um, Jed wanted to do both. And I think you will see an approach here at the deadline and in the offseason season that will continue to want to do both. The rolling rebuild. The reload, not the rebuild, if you will. And it's, it's scary, because you got to be really, really good at those moves, because it means you'll have a limited number of moves. But what is the strength of your organization? Is it the pro scouting that allows you to go out and pluck good young players off other rosters? Early on, they had some success with that. Very much so. You know, the, the Arrieta trade famously. My God, Steve Clevenger and Scott Feldman for Arietta and Strope, An all-timer. Absolute all-timer. There were some other moments like that. Kyle Hendricks coming in the Dempster trade. Some things like that. But in recent years, we've seen the, the pro scouting really going the other way. It's all been acquisition mode. So how do they feel about their pro scouting department? haven't traded somebody for kids other than Darvish. And what they got for Darvish in exchange for fully taking those dollars off the books and Caratini was Zach Davies, who's good. I like Zach Davies. Got no problem with him. And then the four lottery card kids. So surprising that it went that low. So what I'm saying is, do you trust your pro scouting department to make these trades Or do you keep these guys and take the compensatory draft pick that you get at the end of the year, draft pick number 35, 37, 39, and trust Dan Kantrovitz in the scouting department? I think you could make a case for that if you were also fighting for a playoff spot. You could easily make a case for keeping them and taking one last run. But now are they even fighting for a playoff spot? That's why the trade rumors are flying, flying all around. Tim is in downtown Chicago and is now on the score. Hello, Tim. How are you?
0: Uh, good morning. How are you, Matt? You know, I just I, I sit here I think about the two teams in Chicago. Yeah. And if you went into a Vegas casino in 1917 at about $200, the two teams wouldn't win for 88 years <laughs> in the same city. You could. There is no ads on it. You you'd own Vegas. It's just amazing. Now we could go so long in Chicago. Go from eighty-eight for the Sacks and what one hundred eight for the Cubs. So the odds of us winning another World Series are pretty. You know, <laughs> they're infinitesimal. But
3: uh, well, I, I don't the, know. I mean, once what, once the spigot is uh, is opened, sometimes the water flows. Look at Boston. They went all those years. They went what eighty-six years. Um, without yeah, winning, yeah. And, then they, and then they got three of them in like 12 seasons. So sometimes the spigot opens if you're running it well.
0: I think Frisco is the model. Then they went three out of five years, which I don't think anybody will do for the next hundred years. But whatever their model was, I don't know if you could duplicate it. But yeah. anyway, you have a good morning, and thanks a million, man.
3: Bye-bye. Hey, man, thank you. Thanks for the call. Enjoyed it. Appreciate it. I love the, the idea that... You know, all those years, all those decades. Yeah, it was three in five years for the Giants. 2010, 2012, 2014. And what's interesting is that there's no playoff appearances in any of the years surrounding that. So it's weird. 2009, 11, 13, and 15, no playoff appearances but the three years in between there, world series the um the consistent factors there buster posey um bruce bocce some real good pitching some of their own homegrown arms be it tim lincecum madison bumgarner you know having having guys like that Good, cheap labor. They're making another run now. It's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. And maybe one of my favorite non-Chicago players is Brandon Crawford. Just so consistent. Such a terrific defensive player for the Giants at shortstop. And now just on fire offensively and continuing to get better. They're 22 games over 500. First place in a division where everybody thought, The two best teams in baseball were the second and third place teams right now in that division. Meanwhile, the Dodgers have won eight in a row out there, and the Padres remain the Padres. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I think all three of those teams are probably going to make the playoffs. But yeah, San Fran's a good model, good scouting, good developing, some smart trades. I should look at their payroll over those last 10 to 15 years because it's never... They've never quite reached the the pinnacle. I don't know how many times they've been in the top five in payroll. Now, I want to know. We'll check it out at the break. Yeah, that's a that's that's a good model. It's an interesting thing, because as you think about organizations, the other models that I always think about are Tampa Bay and Oakland, who have to stay cheap and super efficient by design. And they know that. So, they have prioritized scouting, developing, making great trades with their pro scouting departments. My God, the Rays, especially, just one after another after another of these trades. As Chris Archer goes for Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass now, and a kid named Shane Baz who's going to come up and help them. Just loaded. They trade Willie Adamas to Milwaukee, and he's helped transform the Brewers. The Brewers, 30 and 10 since Willie Adamas got there. And Tampa replaces him with one good young kid, and then a month later brings up Wander Franco, the number one prospect in all of baseball, because they've got that. So, but if you're not those teams, if you're not the teams that have to stay young and cheap and efficient, Then you end up really going for it and spending lots of money on free agents and your payroll rises. And then at a certain point, you're like, do you keep doing that? Do you keep chasing? See the Yankees right now. See the Cubs right now. The trick is, as Jed Hoyer has said this before, to go backwards in a short burst. Backwards briefly. Like the Giants did. Take a year off, get back. Year off, get back. Trades from pieces, do what you can, get back. Red Sox have done that too along the way. All right, we're going to come back and talk about the first place team in town. And we're going to talk about the many, many kids who've come up and continue to. It is a remarkable bit of scouting and development. And it really leads to the question of what you actually want out of your draft picks, what you expect out of your draft picks, what is acceptable. We'll talk about it next. It's a White Sox conversation on hit and run in a moment on 670 The Score. With the third selection of the 2019 MLB draft, the Chicago White Sox select Andrew Vaughn,
2: a first baseman from University of California at Berkeley.
4: Hello, Matt Spiegel.
3: Hello, hello, Sean Anderson. Uh, How are you? Andrew Vaughn is is playing well, and I remember when he was drafted, but... What, what show am I on? Where am I?
4: You are on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. You have made it all the way to your final question. Oh, my God. You've used all your lifelines calling your dad um, and other stuff.
3: <laughs> Who else do I call? And I called Mike Bryant and Rick Giolito.
4: Yes. Oh. Um, the question for a million dollars is which team has the most active first-round picks currently on their 26-man roster?
3: Oh, most active first-round MLB draft picks on the current 26-man roster. So you've done the work that that I merely discussed during the week, Sean Anderson. That's why you get to be the quiz master.
4: Exactly. Today. It's strenuous work.
3: Um, well, I, I know that the White Sox have Garrett Crochet... Oh, wait, wait, wait.
4: wait. I should probably give you the multiple choice because that's also a part of the show. Uh, uh, oh, is yeah, it, it is. A, the Chicago White Sox. Is it-
3: and, and, and that would be Garrett Crochet and Andrew Vaughn, Jake Berger, Zach Collins, uh, Carlos Rodon, Tim Anderson. That's a pretty good number.
4: Is it it's, B, the Cincinnati Reds?
3: Oh, Cincinnati Reds have a lot of number one. Uh, now, are these their own number one draft picks?
4: Yes, so their own uh, okay. team. So even if they were That's like, good. you know, Bryce Harper is, doesn't count for the Phillies.
3: All right, good, good. Yeah, so the Reds have a bunch. Um, that's true, so it could be the Reds. Um, Jonathan India is up there, is Nick Senzel? Here, is he still hurt, I forget. Um, yeah, okay, so they've got it, so it could be the Reds, go ahead.
4: C, Houston Astros.
3: Oh yeah, the Houston Astros. Um, Carlos Correa was a number one overall. Bregman was a one. I don't remember, yeah, that's good, okay. Or D, the Chicago Cubs. Chicago Cubs with their own number ones? Boy, um, that'd be Bryant. That would be Baez. Um, hmm, Schwarber's gone, so there's not their own number ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Almora's gone. So, no, I'm going to say it is a lot of international guys in the Astros, and those are scouting victories outside of the draft. On your list and the way you asked it, I will say it's the Chicago White Sox. Final answer? Yes. With eight active
4: first-rounders, the Chicago White Sox have the most in the MLB. The Sox lead it with eight. I counted Zach Birdie, so he would be seven, but they still have it even if it's seven first-rounders. The Cubs have five, but they had seven last year. Uh, Reds have six and Astros have six. Those are their top four.
3: And and these are their own first round draft picks. That is awesome. Uh, Who are the Cubs' first round draft picks on the roster?
4: Bryant, Hap, Baez, Hap, of course. um, Horner, and then I'm missing the fifth one.
3: Nico Horner, by the way, activated off the injured list today. Uh, Nico Horner um, and Sergio Alcantara is sent down. So, uh, So, yeah, Horner. So, Horner, Hap, Bryant, Baez. And we don't know the fifth, but that's okay. So it's so eight or seven, depending on whether you count birdie or not. That is remarkable. Now, you could argue that not all of them, in fact, you would argue, are producing like big-time first-round studs, but they are contributing. I mean, Tim Anderson is heart and soul of your team as a first-round pick. Carlos Rodon, it took a long while, but that is top-of-the-rotation material. Um, Zach Collins is a backup catcher, but... Catchers develop late, and he has continued to develop defensively and has offensively been pretty damn good over the past week or so. That is a, a big-time contributor. Andrew Vaughn, still a, a, a large, large prospect, getting more comfortable as we go and hitting the hell out of the ball. He had four straight two-hit games at one point this week. Um, and Garrett Crochet refound the velocity has been very pumped up. And uh, very emotionally invested a couple of times, last couple of, uh, of appearances, and probably is a starter long-term, but right now active as a lefty reliever of consequence. It's pretty remarkable. And then there is Jake Berger, one of the better stories uh, on this team. A team full of good stories. Everywhere you look, they have good stories. And that's interesting. So w- what's interesting in terms of the White Sox and all those first-round draft picks, I mean... Carson Fulmer was an absolute dud and a, a big whiff. And that is a pitcher taken out of Vanderbilt. I think 16 spots or maybe it was only five spots, actually, before Walker Bueller, his teammate, got taken out of Vanderbilt. Oh, that's a miss. Uh, a couple of guys who still might develop. I, I think Berger has got a chance to be a pretty good big leaguer. It's an amazing thing. And six, what, six established major league players. It's pretty cool. And before that, there was a decade where it was pretty much only Chris Sale as a success story for White Sox first rounders. Gordon Beckham was in there. And there were several other duds that you know. And then the previous, like, 18 or 20 years before that, like, Aaron Rowand was it. There was a great run uh, in the 90s of draft picks. I think it was early 90s, right? Where it's Frank Thomas and maybe it's late 80s. Frank Thomas and Jack McDowell and Alex Fernandez.
4: Uh, 87 was McDowell, 88, Ventura, 89, Thomas, 90, Fernandez.
3: Amazing. That, that is an incredible run of four in a row. Just an incredible run. And then after that, real bumpy for a long, long time. Other than like Gio Gonzalez and Aaron Rowan. Aaron Rowan was the only guy who gave you major league um, success of any kind in the course of like a a 20-year period on your own team.
4: And it really looks like the only player outside of Rowan who even helped a different team was Kip Wells.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So long, bad stretch and... That causes problems, causes big problems for your organization. And they didn't really value the scouting as much. And they would just go out and buy guys. And at the trade deadline every year, they would go out and get guys instead of being able to bring them up. Now, look where they are. Look where they are being able to bring up two picks from 2017. The second rounder, Gavin Sheets. The first rounder, Jake Berger. It is it is pretty remarkable. What they've been able to do. And. I mean you sit here. And it's really really helpful. To think about. These guys coming up. And maybe you don't need to go make a deal. I've been very much of the mind. That they need to go out. And complete a trade. For Eduardo Escobar. For Starling Marte. For Adam Frazier. For you know one of these guys. To go out there. and, and, And be a contributor. But does Gavin Sheets give you more to think about? Does Jake Berger give you more to think about? They are up here. They are contributing. And you wonder, you wonder if they can withstand it. Asked that question to Steve Stone the other day. And Stoney basically said that you still need to go get a bat because these guys might have success, but then the league will adjust to them. And counting on them now in July is a different thing than counting on them in October. You are building a roster. You're trying to build a perfect roster for October. That's the fun of being a contender. And while you can look at the standings and say to yourself, man, the Indians have lost five in a row. They're six back. The Tigers have made a little bit of a run, but they're still 12 and a half back. The Twins are 15 and a half back and entertaining trade offers for Josh Donaldson and Jose Barrios and guys like that. So you look at those standings and you can think to yourself, no, we don't need to do that. We don't need to go get something. We can just let our kids play, let those kids play. But remember, you're building a perfect roster for October. Who is your speed guy to come in and steal a base or three? Who is that, that perfect defensive outfielder to replace someone who's whose bat has gotten you to the seventh inning who is your third right-hander that you trust out of the bullpen after Hendricks and Kopech do you know exactly who that is who is your best defensive option at second base late in a game somebody you can still trust to take in that bat or two So that kind of perfect roster that you're crafting, that's what it's about. And that's why you should still absolutely be looking. But the good news is, is you don't have to sell off some of the pieces you don't want. To. If you don't want to give up Jake Berger, don't. Don't do it. You don't want to give up Gavin Sheets? Don't. Don't do it. But you're also showcasing them quite nicely. Gavin Sheets' home run the other night. Whew, off the very high fastball that he still manages to find a way to get on top of that was some impressive stuff goodness and you know it's it's one look but boy that's a that's a good, good look on these guys three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven is the phone number. We were talking about the giants and that model and what they have done and Twice they were in actually, there three times. they were in top five in payroll. 2017, 2018 and 2019. And they didn't make the playoffs in any of those years. <laughs> so it was earlier, when they were cheaper, when they were a little bit more efficient. Top 10, though, six, six, seven, six, eighth, eighth, ninth. That giant's payroll. They draw very well. They make a lot of money off TV. That is a, uh, a very good sports market. That payroll can be informed by that. And uh, they're one of those teams that really benefits off attendance as well. They draw like crazy, sell a lot of beer. And here they are. Their payroll right now in 2021, 11th. This is unexpected, really, to be where they are atop the National League West. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. A little bit later on um, next hour, you're going to hear from the guys that we've just mentioned. Uh, Jake Berger, Gavin Sheets. want you to hear those guys talk and we'll talk about their stories and continue to take your phone calls and texts along the way. Right now, let's go to the phone lines. Ed is in Gilbert. Ed, you're on 670. The score, it's Hit and Run with me, Matt Spiegel. Good morning, Ed. How are you?
0: Good morning, Matt. How are you?
3: Good, good, good.
0: Good. Uh... I don't want to see the White Sox give up the future for uh, another has-been like Ken Griffey Jr. when we got him, Manny Ramirez, James Shields. Stick with what you got. It's so nice to see them bring people up, Mm -hmm. and they're succeeding, and I want to see that continue.
3: Ed, you're, you're, you're speaking of vestiges of a different time. It was Kenny Williams in charge. It was go for it, go for it, go for it scouting be damned and the James Shields one is the one that broke you I know it sucks to see Fernando Tatis Jr. being really good and on the cover of video games and one of the best players in baseball probable National League MVP at this point point. and yet still if that doesn't happen you're not where you are um, I don't think you have to worry about that kind of thing thank you for the call Ed that's not the profile of the guys they're going to get now you know if they are going to get somebody who's holding on and just giving you his last little bit of relevance or offensive excellence and you want to just do a little bit more and that somebody is Eduardo Escobar or something like that, you shouldn't have to give up too much to get that. You shouldn't. Uh, I'm awfully intrigued by Adam Frazier because of the offensive profile, because of how he hits against righties, because of what he can do in terms of getting on base because he has outfield utility and not just infield utility, which means that in a universe where Nick Madrigal comes back healthy next year and you maintain control over Adam Frazier, you've got options and places to put him. So, And remember, Nick Madrigal is super-duper cheap. He's your first-round pick, but he's he's very much under control and not really going to put up the kind of numbers that are going to get him serious uh, arbitration jumps. And you don't even have to worry about that for a while because you can just tender him a contract for the next couple of years. So if Adam Frazier is your second baseman next year and a healthy Nick Madrigal is backing up at a few places and pinch hitting, that's okay too. It's all right. So I, I, I don't, you don't have to worry about that kind of profile on, on trades. There's, um, there's other ways that teams are being super creative and crafty with their acquisitions. And you'll never believe where people are finding pitchers these days. It's pretty amazing. And there's another method to how the Giants are finding players that is relevant as we think about building franchises and healthy franchises. I'll get to that stuff in the next hour it is hit and run one more hour to go of chicago baseball conversation looking forward to it with you happy fourth of july to you uh matt spiegel sean anderson hanging out with you on a sunday morning on hit and run you'll hear from burgers sheets and han when we come back on 670 the score
2: t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours